Welcome to episode number nine of Burning Questions podcast. I am your host, Regina DePerna, and in today's episode, we're talking to Melinda Hanley, who is a cake decorator whose work will pretty much blow your mind. Uh, as you might know, listening to the show, uh, we try to get creative guests from every profession in here, uh, and I can say that what Mel does is truly very unique. Um, she works at a cake studio here in New York uh, and creates truly beautiful and, and completely customized works of art um, that also taste fucking exquisite. Uh, I can say that from experience. Uh, so you should check out her Instagram at Chef Sweetly to see what I'm talking about. She uh, is also a really very balanced and thoughtful person, uh, which made her a really excellent guest on this show. Um, she pulls a lot from her own experiences when she was tackling your burning questions. Um, we took a few questions this episode about career, uh, and then we also have a sex question. Uh, and yet I think we also managed to talk about cake pretty consistently throughout this episode. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, and I, I think we had uh, an excellent chat. Um, fun fact, uh, I am actually recording this from my newly furnished home studio. Um, let's see, it is 7.21 a.m., and I'm sitting at a table that I stayed up until about midnight assembling. Um, and I have to say, I I'm overall feeling great about this new space. Um, there are definitely a few things that I'd like to add to make it feel a little more homey. Um, but right now, I would say it's, it's hovering somewhere on the dorm room chic scale. Uh, and I'm, I'm feeling okay about that. Uh, I basically just really want to grow this podcast and kick it into high gear. And uh, I think having a dedicated space for podcasting, uh, as opposed to just crunching guests into my tiny bedroom, uh, I, I think it's a big step in that direction. Uh, even though financially, it's a pretty big step towards just being broke. Moving on, we have some guests coming up that I am so excited about. Our next episode will feature stand-up comedian Charles McBee. So he'll be coming into the studio on Sunday, September 25th to take some of your burning questions. And he is a hilarious comedian. Uh, he's done stand-up well all, all over the city, all over New York. Um, he's also been on Gotham Comedy Live. Um, and he is also a creative consultant on two MTV shows. Um, one of them is called Joking Off. And the other one, well, it's on MTV2 called Uncommon Sense with Charlemagne. And I don't have channels on my TV, um, but I think that that sounds pretty impressive. Um, so I'm really looking forward to chatting with Charles um, and also just having our first stand-up on the show. Um, that's a bit of a milestone for us. Um, so you can check out his set, which is linked on our Facebook page. Uh, or just look him up on YouTube. His name is Charles McBee, and uh, he is hilarious. So here is the only thing that you have to do uh, in order to help make this show great. Uh, we need you to email in your burning questions. So absolutely nothing is off limits as usual. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the show, the entire concept of burning questions is that it can be 
anything and everything that you need advice on. So, I mean, your love life, your career, your other relationships, or some awkward thing or situation, or uh, even just your your aspirations. Um, I mean, especially since we have a stand-up comedian coming on the show, we would love a question or two about uh, stand-up comedy. Um, Charles will be uh, far more qualified to speak to that than I am. So please uh, email us anything and everything at burningquestionspodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out on Facebook uh, or on Instagram uh, at burningquestionspodcast. Um, So make sure to get your questions in for this uh, next episode before noon on Sunday, September 25th um, to get your question featured. Um, And if not, we can save it for uh, the next episode. Uh, So please feel free to reach out. uh, And if you like this episode, please share us on social media. I think that covers everything I, I wanted to talk about at the top of the show. So without further ado, here's our ninth episode with cake chef Melinda Hanley. Welcome to Burning Questions podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, we're happy to have you. So um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Because you have a very interesting job. I am a cake decorator. Yes, you are. Um, I have not always been a cake decorator. It's a fairly recent, you know, adjustment, change. Mm -hmm. Um, I went, I was doing grant writing and arts administration for about five years and it was becoming such a desk job and I was having zero sort of creative outlet um, that I I decided I needed a change and so I went to I went to a pastry program at the International Culinary Center and mm-hmm. it was a nine-month program and I completed the program and I loved it and I went to France for two weeks and Ooh. drank wine and ate chocolate and ate cheese af- right after I graduated and kind of decided what I was going to do and then I came back to New York and I applied for internships and I got an internship in a fantastic uh, cake studio where I was for three months and then I started applying for jobs and now I've been a professional cake decorator for about a year and a half, almost two years. Bam. So, yeah. It happened pretty quickly then. It did. Yeah. 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 That's but so cool. It, it's fun and it feels so natural because I have a background in studio art and sculpture mm-hmm. and painting and drawing and I kind mm-hmm. of just took everything I knew from that and applied it to cake and food mm. and it, it the transition went over pretty well and yeah it's it's a lot of fun and it's you know it's really fulfilling to make something and complete something and you know pour your heart and soul into it creatively and then have the client or whoever you're making it for see it and just love it and just be mm-hmm. you know astounded and awed by it and on top of yeah. that it's really delicious and yeah you know, people are always kind of surprised that something that doesn't look like food or something that mm. looks truly like art is yeah. actually really really tasty so I can vouch for that because I've had your cake before oh you had the champagne lemon cake was that was that what it was I call yeah. it the lemonade cake it is yeah. one of my favorites that was incredible so you actually pour champagne in there I do Yes, and right yeah. in cake batter. Yeah. Just, you know, I mean, you know, I save some for myself while I'm making mm. the cake, mm-hmm. obviously. Do you do um, some snacking along the way? Oh, always. Always, yeah. okay. I think the reason I ended up 
in pastry is because when I was little, I was always the kid that licked the spoon. Yeah. So Ugh. it completely just makes sense that, yeah. that this is what I'm doing. We, when my, uh, when we were kids, my sister and I would like be helping our mom like make a cake, which was always like a Betty Crocker, like from the box cake. Still counts. St- and still good. Still delicious. Uh, but we would, uh, for some reason, like, you know, you have an entire thing of batter, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason it was such a big deal to not only lick the spoon and lick the bowl, but also lick the um, electrical whisk. The, the beaters? Beaters, yeah. Yes. And it was just like, they're kind of like awkwardly shaped, so you really have to get in there. I know exactly what you're talking about. I could do there's, that for an hour. There's something, <laughs> there's something like forbidden or, and like a yeah. little bit magical about licking the beaters. Yeah. As opposed to licking the spoon or the yeah. bowl. You just, you're like, I shouldn't be doing this, but I am, and I'm getting yeah. so much like enjoyment out of it yeah I think it's maybe because it's so challenging Mm -hmm. but also like maybe fulfills like some evolutionary like I have to like scavenge for my yeah (laughs) I think so to find sustenance yeah that that does make sense yeah also kids are weird so there's that and I'm still weird so Mm -hmm. likewise most people I hang out with are pretty weird I don't really hang out with normal people because it's boring Yeah. yeah um they're so, all in finance, so... I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't know because I don't, I don't yeah. know what them. Yeah, I don't know what finance is, but I've heard that they're there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll leave them there. They, yeah. can, they can stay there and we'll enjoy cake. Yeah. Um, so. so do you... So you have a background in studio art. I do. Um, and would you say that what you do now, do you think of it more from a, like, uh, artist's standpoint or from, like, a culinary standpoint? Definitely from more, well, both. Okay. Um, but definitely more from an artist standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely am more interested in the creative side of things. Mm-hmm. In, in okay. the, you know, if someone comes in with a cake order, the first thing I want to get out of the way is, you know, what's the size of your party? Mm-hmm. C- give me an idea of the shape of the cake you're looking for. Mm-hmm. What flavors do you want? And are there any food allergies? Okay. That's easy. I want gotcha. to get that out of the way. And I know that that will be easy to tackle. What mm-hmm. I'm really interested in is getting into the design of mm-hmm. the cake and mm-hmm. how I'll be able to execute what it is that you want. I love it when someone comes in with a brand new design and mm-hmm. they want something that will make me utilize techniques that I've never done before. Because mm-hmm. cool. I love just new challenges. Cool. Earlier this week, someone came in and placed an order um, for a 60th birthday party for a woman who loves France and Paris, mm. and they want a three-dimensional Eiffel Tower on top of the cake. Oh, my gosh. I've never done it before. Out of cake. Out of cake. Wow. But I'm excited. Wow. It's going to, I mean, it's going to be out of sugar. Like, oh, okay. Like, most of what I make okay. is out of sugar and not actually out of cake. Like, right. You start gotcha. with the cake as the base, and then you add sugar in different forms, and, you know. Mm. Um, but I'm very excited to make an Eiffel Tower out of sugar. Ooh. Yeah. Well, you'll have to let us know how that goes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, Absolutely. I've got some burning questions about that. Excellent. Um, what would you say the most um, unusual cake you've ever done is? Mm. Oh, I did. It was definitely not the most expensive or most complex cake mm-hmm. that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But the woman who ordered it just, she seemed like such a badass and she ordered it with so much confidence. She knew exactly yeah. what she wanted and she was not afraid to ask for it. It was a very small cake and it was for a client's birthday, and mm-hmm. she was a professional dominatrix. 
Oh, okay. So, and apparently it was a longtime client of hers, and they had they they were friends aside from their you know client right. customer relationship. Yeah. Um, and she wanted a three D set of handcuffs to go on top of the cake. Okay. And on the side of the cake, she wanted a whip, a mask, like a leather face mask, and a paddle, all looking like they were made of leather. Yeah, I saw that on your Instagram, actually. And the cake was, yeah. it was a black cake yeah. with silver handcuffs and black and white little paddle whip mask. Um, uh-huh. And the, the board of the cake, the inscription was, Happy Birthday, Mr. President. Uh, that's so, cute. I get yeah. the feeling that's an inside uh, something between the two of them. And, yeah. well, not just the two of them. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I was taking the order from her, I was asking her, how many people are you wanting to feed with this cake? And she was like, oh, it's only for two people. Wait, wait, no. Four people. Wait, wait, no. Six people. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got to the, you know, setting up the delivery and logistics of getting the cake to the customer. And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, we're going to be at the Marriott Times Square. So it sounded very much hmm. like some food play was oh, going to happen. All right. Um, and then she, she called later and she added cupcakes. And like she later did, in the night? Late, well, later in the day, like a few days later, she oh, added okay. cupcakes to the order. Oh, I see. That we would deliver to her later. Okay. Um, and she actually came out and said she was like, food play is going to happen with these cupcakes. Uh. She was like, I don't want to ruin the cake, <laughs> but we need some cupcakes for food play. Yeah. And I was like, good on okay. you for, yeah. for knowing what you want and not being afraid to ask for it. There so, you go. That was the most interesting order, I think. Yeah, that's the order where you're not sure it got eaten, but something delightful happened something, with it. Something happened. Yeah. <laughs> something interesting and enjoyable happened with it. It got eaten, but off of someone. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. What do most people, like, what's the, what would you describe as, like, middle of the road order? Um, most uninteresting orders. Frozen, the Disney movie. Oh, sure. I will die with edible glitter stuck to my hands (laughs) because I make so many frozen cakes. Yeah. Um, Elmo, never going away. Sure. Thomas the Train. Really? Those three are probably the biggest kids themes. Um, Mickey Mouse, always a classic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Other Disney princesses. Okay. Always popular as well, but I would say that Elsa from Frozen, Elmo, and Mm -hmm. Thomas the Train are like the bane of my existence. Like, I hate them. <laughs> I hate them so much. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, I yeah. I didn't know that Thomas the Train was still around. Oh, yeah. I guess I don't really know much about, like, children's culture. I have learned... I mean, I hate yeah. myself. I, I do not like children. Me neither. Not a big fan of them. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, I'm glad they exist because they are my livelihood, literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mostly make cakes for kids. Right. Um, but I have learned so much about kids' shows. Really? There's also this really obnoxious and very popular show called Paw Patrol. Um, that's dogs, little dogs. Okay. One of them is a police dog. Mm. One of them is a fire marshal dog. One of them is, like, a construction dog. Okay. Um, it's I, like, uh, like 12 of them. There's a lot of them. <laughs> it's like the village people, but yeah, with dogs. Yeah, but with dogs and for little kids. Um, and they teach, yeah. they teach safety. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, when we start getting a lot of orders that are one particular theme, I kind of take it upon myself to either watch the movie or watch the show so that I learn which details are really important. Mm-hmm. So I watched an episode of Paw Patrol not too long ago, and it was literally the dumbest kids' television I've ever seen in my life. It was, so there was, the story was this adult man 
could not figure out how to talk on his cell phone and walk at the same time. Okay. But he was on a boat. <laughs> so what? He was calling for help just into the air. You don't just, get service out there. Patrol, come and help me. I can't figure out how to do this. And yet he okay. was still trying to figure out how to talk on his phone and walk at the same time. Okay. So he ended up just walking straight off of the boat into the water. <laughs> And he also couldn't swim because, you know. Sure. You know, just hang out on boats. And yeah. And, you know, if you don't know how to swim, whatever. Right. Um, so the Paw Patrol had to save him from drowning. Oh. So, like, when you are experiencing both technological issues and drowning issues, call uh, an elite fleet of dogs. Yes. I think that's the takeaway from that you're show. you're guaranteed to be just fine. Di- or did he die on the show? I didn't watch any further <laughs> than that, honestly. I, was, I just Maybe I, it took a dark turn after you turned know. it off. Yeah. yeah, I left that part up in the air. Yeah, it was actually a lesson about grief for children. It could have been. <laughs> yeah. um, do people ever come in and they're like, I don't know what I want, just make me something. All the time. Really? Yes. Wow. And I hate that. Yeah, that's I a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. I I usually ask people to give me some kind of direction. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come in and they know exactly what they want. They, mm-hmm. give, they just give us a picture of exactly what it is they want, mm-hmm. or they make a sketch, or they just give us a very detailed description. Mm-hmm. Um, or people come in and they say, these are the colors of the party, okay. um, or this is the theme of the party. I'm pretty yeah. flexible, just give me something beautiful. Or they give us a few elements that are important and just say the rest of it is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't stand it when people come in and they're just like, oh, I don't know. And I ask them, okay, yeah. well, do you have a budget that you need to fit within? And yeah. most of them are like, oh, not really. And I, 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 need, I need somewhere yeah. to start. That's know? that's when you make them the, like, gold flake cake. And you're just yeah. like, what? Well, you didn't yeah. say I couldn't put 24 karat edible gold on your yeah. cake. So here you go. That will be $600. The theme you. is millionaire. Yes. Do you ever, at the end of, like, a long day of, like, just cake and cupcakes, are you ever, like... I just don't ever want to see another cake again in my life. You, do you ever just get burnt out? Um, very occasionally. Okay. It doesn't happen very often. Um, it happened once, probably last October, mm. after just a particularly busy weekend. Of, mm-hmm. I think there was one day I had to make six two-tier cakes and... Mm four single-tier cakes on a Friday, and then the Saturday I had to come in and make another three two-tier cakes and another handful of single-tier cakes. Yeah. And I was, you know, I didn't get a chance to sit down. I didn't get a chance to eat. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, we have three levels at the bakery where I work, so I've been running up and down the oh, stairs wow. all day, and one yeah. of the refrigerators stopped working, and, mm-hmm. you know, we probably ran out of something else that we needed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are days when I just get home, and I'm kind of just like, why am I doing this? It comes with the territory, and for every one bad day, there's five or ten good days yeah. or more. That's a very good ratio. Um, and it's, you know, it's it's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. And that's pretty, you know, not being able to sit down or eat or stop or go to the bathroom. Yeah. Honestly, oh. is pretty, yeah. pretty normal for, for the food industry. It happens mm-hmm. much more frequently yeah. in restaurants, high-volume, fast-paced, five-star restaurants. Yeah. Um, but... It happens, you know, in bakeries and everywhere. Just it, it gets busy and you're dealing with other people's food. So mm-hmm. you have to work quickly. You have to mm-hmm. work with fresh ingredients. Uh, you have to be careful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's I love it. I love all of it. Cool. So, 
Uh, remind me again the name of the bakery. Tribeca Treats is where Tribeca I work. Tribeca Treats. Yes. And it is in Tribeca. Are you ready for your first burning question? I think so. Let's okay. get into it. Let's okay. It. So here is your first burning question. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, short and sweet. How do you quit a job gracefully? Uh, especially when emotions are high and you are integral to daily operations at your company. I have done this. Gracefully? Yes. I Good. feel I feel like I did it gracefully. Yeah. At a, at a certain point, you have to stop thinking about whether other people thought it was graceful or not yeah. if you're quitting a job. Yeah. Um, I've always found whether I'm quitting on good terms or on bad terms, I always like to write a very nice business letter oh. that's just documenting this is going to be my last day, whether it's tomorrow or two weeks from now or a month from now. Mm-hmm. As soon as I know, as soon as, as soon as I know for sure um, what my last day is going to be, I write the letter. Mm. Um, and the way that you word the letter very much depends on how you're quitting the job and what the mm-hmm. job was. Um, I had a restaurant job that... Mm-hmm. I hated. It was awful. <laughs> I've had a few of those myself. It was, yeah. it was terrible. I was a hostess. Um, it was in a very, well, it was the building where the restaurant was, was between 30 Rock mm-hmm. and Fox News. Okay. So we had those types. Douche Central. Coming in just all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. I just, I, it, it, I, I was there for two years, which in my opinion was at least a year too long. Yeah. Um, but I still, you know, I didn't want to burn any bridges. I didn't want to sure. offend anyone. And when I decided I was going to quit my job, I wrote a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, I think a very nice letter and I gave a two weeks notice. Okay. Um, you always want, I, I always want to give at least two weeks yeah. just so that they have time to kind of put together a game plan. Even if you hate it, I think two right. weeks is, you know, is customary. Right. Um, and polite. Um, and I said, you know, my time at said restaurant, Mm -hmm. um, has been valuable and integral Mm -hmm. to my professional development. And I'm glad to have had, you know, this experience in the hospitality industry. I never said that I liked it. (laughs) Nor should you. Yeah. (laughs) I never said thank you. Mm. Um, which, you know, is, it's not terrible to say thank you, but I had had certain experiences at this place that made me really not want to say thank you in this letter. Sure. Um, but it was still very nice. I mm-hmm. think it was still very well-worded. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was cordial, which I think is the yeah. most important thing when you're writing a business letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're leaving a job where you're, you know, on great terms with everyone, you can say, you know, I've, I've really had such a wonderful time here. Thank you so much for valuing me so much as an employee and mm-hmm. as a friend. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's kind of the most graceful way to bow out um, of a job. I also did have a situation where I left a job, spoke with the owner, offered her my two weeks notice, and she said that won't be necessary. You don't have to come back after today. Ooh. And I said, you know, okay, well, thank you for the opportunity. Okay. I think that's kind of the best way. Yeah. If it's a really bad situation, I think that's the best way to bow out. Right. Is to, you know, still offer notice Mm -hmm. say that you know I am willing I I know this is not the best situation I want to give you time to Mm -hmm. kind of rally and get someone else in here before I leave you in the lurch right um but thank you for the opportunity yeah because whether it's a good opportunity or a bad opportunity or whatever you take something away from everything you do for sure um so yeah yeah that's that's what I would suggest I think the the high road is so underrated weirdly it really is yeah it's really true yeah Um, and I think 
the weird thing that I feel like I have found about the high road is that people get so annoyed. When you do the when, high road, when you yeah. Take the high road. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would think that it's the best for everyone. Yeah. Um, but there are yeah. so many people that, you know, they want you to you know, throw a fit and scream and storm out the door and yes. say, I'm never coming back and give the middle finger. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel like that's never, yeah. that's never the right thing to do. Because especially in this day and age, somebody's going to take a picture, somebody's going to record yeah. it, somebody's going to, you know, try and... Write something online. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. So the high road is a very important road. I also think it's interesting this question is when emotions are high and you are integral to daily operations at your company. Mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like there is some guilt baked into that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's easy to feel like your employees can't function without you, mm-hmm. especially if you're a manager. I'm a manager yeah. um, right now. And even when I was a hostess or even when I was in my other um, position, it's it's very easy to let people make you feel like they can't get it done without you and that if you bow out that you're somehow putting an additional burden on them yeah and I think mostly I think that's psychological yeah I think it it comes from being like maybe very busy at work Mm -hmm. and then also feeling like people are depending on you and stuff Mm -hmm. But then, like, you also have to factor in that all of that and everything that you do at work is really, like, especially at this point in our lives, and I don't know how how the age of this person who wrote in, but, like, your jobs are a stepping stone. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, like, in the end, you have to do what's right for you. Exactly. Take the high road to get there. But at the end, you can't, you know, no matter who's depending on you for what, Right. If you've given two weeks, you've, like, done the right thing. Yeah, especially if you're being graceful and if you're giving notice, if you're giving them time to hire someone else or get someone else on the team to, you know, fulfill your duties. Yeah. Then you have no reason to feel like operations are going to stop if you're not there. Yeah, yeah. Um, And if if you're working with anyone who does make you feel that way. Yeah. Then they're not a very good person to work with. Yeah. I, I would never, you know, tell someone else that they should do what's right for me and not what's right right for them. Right. You know, yeah. if you know, let's say I'm at work and it's a really super busy weekend and one of my employees calls in for some reason and says that they can't come in, you yeah. know, I'm not going to tell them like, "Oh no, that's terrible of you. How dare you? Never come yeah. back. We're not yeah, going to yeah. be able to get this finished without you." Yeah. I'm going to say, you know, okay, I hope everything is okay with you. Let me know if there's anything you can do yeah. and we'll figure it out. Because yeah. we always do. Exactly. We like, always do. And I feel yeah. like with any any company that runs, you know, mostly smoothly, mm-hmm. um, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. It, they're going to figure it out. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you give a notice, they have time to figure it out. And I, yeah. think, I think this person, whoever just wrote in, has been feeling guilty mm-hmm. um, especially since they said emotions are high um, and they just yeah. they need to do what's best for them yeah. give notice quit the job and the hardest part just try not to think about it anymore yeah that can be so hard yeah very um, true move forward absolutely and try and focus on what's best for them yeah that's ahead of them not behind them so I know it's easier said than done mm-hmm. but it's it's important to keep that in mind 
And be excited about the new job that you probably just got. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in a position to quit a job gracefully, you're already yeah. taking the high road. Yeah. So, <laughs> totally. So, bravo. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Are you ready for burning question number two? I think so. Okay. So this is a this is a longer one. Okay. Uh, I am in the midst of a really exciting and happy life change. I'm moving! Exclamation point. Jazz hands. Uh, I know exactly where I want to go, and I have a wide variety of practical reasons why. However, I don't have a job there yet. Uh, I've been applying on and, uh, on and off, but I'm struggling with the inertia of being in one city, uh, living one life, while trying to use my limited free time to get to another. Uh, I know that it's best to get a job before you move to a city, but I'm struggling with the possibility that I'll, fi- that I'll find myself taking a job I don't want just to facilitate the transition. Uh, or that I won't find one at all and and will end up stuck where I am just because it seems safer. Uh, I have some savings, but they won't last long. Uh, I also have friends who will let me couch surf, but I don't want to put them out for much longer than a few weeks. So the question I'm struggling with is, is it feasible to move without a job and without guaranteed housing, or am I just setting myself up for failure by even considering that path? Uh, and then in parentheses, the city I'm moving to isn't one like New York, where there's a million sublets available if you've got the cash, and it's easy to find a job as long as you're willing to work. Fantastic so, question. Great question. Love this question. Love the detail in this question. Yes, I'm all about details. Likewise. Um, it is very difficult to get a job from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, be living in one city and get a job in another city. It really is. Um, it's it's so, so hard. The, so yeah. the first time I did it, um, I'll just explain my situation mm-hmm. before kind of trying to pick the question apart too much. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I did it, I was living in Indianapolis, mm. um, where I was born and raised. Mm-hmm. And I was moving to San Diego, to California. Yeah. Uh, that was where my sister lived. Mm-hmm. I lived in the Midwest my whole life. I was frankly just tired of it. Yeah. They had just cut the arts and parks funding for the city of Indianapolis to zero percent. Yeah. Just zero. Not even a little bit, just zero. So I couldn't find a job in arts administration. Mm-hmm. San Diego um, is known for having the most re- most museums per capita, I think, of any American city. Really? Um, and oh. my sister was there, mm-hmm. so I decided to move to San Diego. Mm-hmm. Before I went, I tried to get a job just so that I would have that security Mm -hmm. didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to hire someone who is, you know, 2000, whatever miles away. Yeah. So I think the best answer to this question is you just got to take a leap. Yeah. Once you're there, it's going to be so much easier to find a job. Totally. Um, So it's, it's scary, Mm -hmm. but it sounds like this person it sounds like this the, this change is necessary for the, this person's happiness in life. And yeah. It sounds, it's scary. All mm-hmm. change is scary. Yeah. But I think even scarier is just stagnation in something that you're yeah. not happy with. I think so too. Um, yeah. So it sounds super scary, but it sounds like the best thing for this person is just going to be take a risk, move yeah. to that city, mm-hmm. especially if you have friends. That's, mm-hmm. that's huge. Mm-hmm. I think they're not giving that as much credit as they should. Yeah. Um, they say, I have friends that will let me couch surf, but I don't want to put them out. Right. Um, put them out. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's one <laughs> That's what thing. friends are for. That is what friends are for. And yeah. that's something that I really struggle with a lot mm-hmm. is asking for help when I know that I need it. Yeah. I tend to 
worry too much about what other people are going to think or Me too. or how much I'm yeah. going to put out somebody else. Mm-hmm. If someone is willing to help you, you have to help yourself by accepting someone else's help. Yeah. Um, if you yeah. have friends that will let you couch surf, couch surf. If yeah. it really becomes that much of a mm-hmm. burden to them, they will let you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, if, especially if you have multiple friends who will let you couch surf, mm-hmm. rotate. Let them know that you realize this is putting them out, but you appreciate their help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you know do something for them if if, yeah. if you're really concerned cook them dinner once a week twice a week yeah help with the cleaning bake them a cake bake them a cake <laughs> yeah. always I take cake everywhere I go people yeah. love it yes, it's fantastic um, yeah so yeah accept that help yeah and allow yourself to accept that help um, what else and they it, they say they have savings it's not yeah. gonna, it's not gonna last long but yeah. you do have that cushion yeah um, and. I hesitate to say this because it really annoys me when people say this mm. to me. Um, but a lot of your financial situation depends on your work ethic and mm-hmm. really what you're willing to do if you're in a position where you don't have a job. Right. Because uh, I had been, I, after I moved to New York and after I quit my first job, which mm. was seasonal, it mm-hmm. wasn't, I wasn't that I got fired or anything. It was just that the season ended and I had to find another job. I couldn't find a job in my field. Mm. So... I had three jobs mm-hmm. as a hostess, mm-hmm. a bartender, and a part-time grant writer at this other place where I only worked for six hours or so a week. Yeah. Um, I hated it. it. It really brings truth to the phrase, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, and I know there's more to it than just telling yourself you can do it. You can't will something into existence. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that, but... If you have to work as a bartender, if you have to work as a, yeah. a waitress or a server or, you know, whatever, if you have to work at a call center, which yeah. I've done. Be a um, bike messenger. Be a bike messenger. Yeah. Deliver pizza. Yeah. You know, work retail. I mm-hmm. mean, I know it's miserable, but yeah. there are always jobs in mm-hmm. those fields. Um, so, you know, if you have to do that for a little while, it's, you know, you're you're helping yourself. Yeah. It's not permanent. Yeah. It's you, not permanent. Yeah. Too many people make the mistake, especially in this city. Mm of defining themselves by their jobs. Yes, absolutely. People, you know, the first question when I go to a party or any social function is, oh, what do you do? Yeah. And when I was a grant writer, mm-hmm. when I was a hostess, yeah. I felt terrible about that question. Oh, Because I would, I would tell people and they would immediately lose interest in me. Oh, really? It's, yeah, that's funny. I find that it's worse in New York than anywhere else. You know, I, um, like, whenever people ask me that question of, like, what do you do? Because I, I, my life is split up in, like, three different segments mm-hmm. where it's, like, I have my day job in marketing. Mm-hmm. I have my writing life mm-hmm. as a poet. And then I have my podcasting life. Uh, so it's always, like, what, which one do I tell them? Do I tell them all three? Mm-hmm. And the different reactions that you get based on those three things completely, like, people have a completely different perception of who you are depending on that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like that's really important to this person, mm-hmm. whoever wrote this question. Um, and yeah. they, they need to at separate the two for now. Right. For now, it, they are. It sounds like they are doing what is best for them, mm-hmm. but because it's scary mm-hmm. and it's time consuming and it's going to take a lot of energy, yeah, and it's going to be hard, yeah. It sounds like they really need to 
be careful not to define themselves by mm-hmm. this transitional period. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a transition. They're doing it for, right. their, for, it's for their own good. They're, they know it's best for them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have to do, if you have to get nitty gritty for a little while, yeah. get nitty gritty. We yeah. all have to at, mm-hmm. at some point in our lives. Um, yeah, I think what's interesting to me about this question is, um, first of all, this person sounds really happy to be moving to this place, absolutely. which is great. And congratulations yeah. to this person. Because yeah. This is, I mean, it's a it's a gutsy, hard thing to do. And for then sure. to ask a question about it and ask for help with it, yeah. that's even gutsier. So congratulations to this person. And it sounds like they're doing what's best for them. And yeah, I want to put as much positive energy yeah. out into the universe for you yeah. as I can. Um, I think that uh, they're uh, very excited, but then also, I think you also just have to factor in that, like, no matter where you're moving, even if it's a city that you love and you're you're really pumped about, um, the the first probably three months or more will be challenging and mm-hmm. will be, you know, <clears throat> you'll you'll be in an awkward transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily, like, you should go for it. Like, this person should, like, go and, like, be proud of themselves, guns blazing. Yes. Um, but I don't think that it, it is it could ever be expected of anyone, no matter what stage of life they're at, to just, like, go to a city and then land their dream job, like, right. r- on the spot. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you, you'll have to hustle for a while. Yeah. And, you you know... And you'll couch surf for a while. I couch surf for three months. Well, I stayed yeah. on, I stayed on my friend's couch for three months. Uh, yeah, and I think that's something that um, this person should should just be prepared to do. Yes, absolutely. And then realize that like, oh, in like six months, I'll be I'll probably be set up with a job and a space and mm-hmm. you know a car or or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. A new boyfriend, you know. Yeah. Or girlfriend, I don't know. Yeah, or, you know, this, this change sounds like an amazing change. So. Yeah, and also it leaves room for the unexpected, kind of like you were, you were talking about. Absolutely. Where it's like, oh, like, I didn't think I'd be making a penis cake, but here but I here am. here I am, I'm yeah. making a penis cake. And, and loving it. Absolutely. It's, <laughs> it's made out of sugar, it's delicious, it's yeah. edible, please. That's the most interesting blowjob I think probably anyone's ever given. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So to cap us off, I would say uh, it is feasible to move without a job and without guaranteed housing, and you are not setting yourself up for failure at all. Not at all. And you should go for it. Absolutely. Like she said, guns blazing. We're proud of you. Yeah. You're amazing. You're amazing. Go slay, as Beyonce would say, right? Yes. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Beyonce. Is it? Happy birthday, Beyonce. I hope Beyonce wrote this question. Oh, I hope so. I oh, think oh my God. she's considering a transition back into data entry. Yeah. So And she's asking for our advice. We should feel honored. I feel... We I, really should. The podcast has reached a whole other level. Okay. You have advanced to round three. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Get excited. That's exciting. Okay, so the question is, uh, and if there are any kids listening to this podcast... Uh, you're going to want to turn it off at this point. Yes. Uh, So how do you initiate communication in a situation in which things are heating up with a partner, but they display some small, mostly insignificant behavior that is a turnoff? You don't want to seem insensitive or harsh, but you really want to clear it up and get on to the fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. This is pretty much... 
most people's biggest fear is being sexually awkward. Yeah. Everyone is afraid yeah. of sexual rejection. Right. That's and yeah. I mean so much of the world revolves around whether or not we're going to be sexually accepted or sexually rejected. Right. It really is ridiculous if you think about it on yeah. a global scale. Yeah. Um, so this is not an easily answered question. Yeah. Um, but it can be tackled. And it's also, again, situational. It sure. should depend on the parties involved and mm-hmm. how they are... Partying. Yeah. How they're partying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How they are partying. Um, so for me, honesty is always the best policy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be awkward. Yeah. It's, you just got to accept that from the beginning, I think. It's yeah. going to be awkward. And especially if you are with someone that you really see a future with, you have to be able to really talk about anything. Yeah. And sexual intimacy is so important in a relationship. Yeah. That if even if it's just for one night. Even even yeah. if it's just for one night. Yeah. yeah. Um, that communication, I think, is of peak importance here. You try to convince yourself that it's not important enough for you to talk about. Right. It is going to get to you. Yeah. It will, trust me, it's yeah. going to get to you. Yeah. Um, so even if it's awkward, mm-hmm. suck it up and tell, literally. tell them if you're nervous to, yes, literally yeah. <laughs> suck it up. Sometimes it's just what you got to do. Sometimes, yeah. Like, sometimes again, actions speak louder than words. Again, yeah. <laughs> everyone's got to get nitty gritty sometimes. Yeah. True story. Get in there. Um, so yeah, tell, if, if you're nervous, yeah. you, tell them, say, this is something I really wanted to talk to you about for a while. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know it's going to be awkward. I'm kind of nervous to talk to you about it. Yeah. I don't want you to take it the wrong way. You should know that I care about you. If you're, yeah. in, if you're in a place to have that kind of conversation, say, mm-hmm. you know, I care about you. I want to be open with you. I want to make this work. This is something that's important to me mm-hmm. and something that I need to talk about with you. Yeah. And then get it off your chest. Yeah. And then, you know, that's an open invitation for them to respond or do yeah. something or do something differently or don't do something. Yeah. I think it's interesting. So the question says, uh, uh, they, they're displaying, we don't know exactly what it is, but it's something that's happening during the course of the events that is a turnoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like in those moments, you have an opportunity to, like, turn the situation around yes. without being, like, without berating that person. You know yes. what I mean? Yes, that's yeah. so important. Yeah, like, making them feel like it is a safe space for them to, like, express themselves sexually mm-hmm. and, like you like a lot of the other things that they do. So maybe there's a way, like, to, during the course of events, be like, you know what, why don't we do this instead? Yes. Or could you maybe do this? Yes. Um, I, I do think that, like, being verbal is key. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm a pretty, I'm a verbal person, Me just too. in general, like, in the bedroom, in, in life. other rooms of my life. All yeah. rooms. Every room, yes. <laughs> All the rooms, yeah. But I guess that's why I host a podcast. I think it depends on the tone that you say it in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like put it out there. And also, if if that person, uh, you know, if you say it in a way that is like kind and, and like still potentially sexy if it's occurring at the moment. Yes. Uh, I think if that person reacts badly and is like, oh, sorry, blah, 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 
then you get some insight into how that person is. Yes. yes. And then you've learned something about that person. Yes. That hit the nail on the head. That is every, yeah. that yeah. is the, that is the answer to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, like you said, it's important to say things in a way where you're not being negative. Right. Um, where you're not like, oh, don't do that. Oh, I hate that. Oh, right. Stop doing that. That's not sexy. Yeah. Um, you know, keep it fun yeah if you can mm-hmm. uh keep it sexy and keep it positive you know instead of saying oh don't do that say oh I really like that let's do more of that right and yeah. I think eventually is if it's a long-term relationship mm-hmm. eventually you're going to learn what each other likes and what yeah you should do and you know what maybe that person doesn't react so well to yeah and if it's you know oh if it's a one-night thing then you're hopefully in the end you're going to have an amazing one-night stand yeah because you're communicating with each other I, yeah. I think um this person said you don't want to seem insensitive or harsh Mm -hmm. I would say like as long as you're not being insensitive or harsh then that person has no incentive to think that right you have no control over the way someone receives yeah um I don't want to say criticism right but the way anyone reacts to any kind of information you're giving them you don't have you don't have control over that Um, right just from I'll give a quick example from my experience not too explicitly um, but Dish. I, I very briefly dated this guy who was not into talking during sexual experiences yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. you know, the first time we were ever together, I, you know, he was doing something that wasn't, you know, terrible, but I sure. just wasn't really into it. Mm. Um, so I was like, oh, how about we go back to this? And, mm-hmm. you know, I really liked it when you were doing this, this way. Yeah. And I thought I was keeping it fun and sexy. Yeah. But he just popped up and looked at me. And he was like, why are you talking? Oh. And I was like, yeah. I, I was taken back, yeah. honestly. Oh, um, that is not sexy. It was, that, and that's yeah. what I said. He was like, he was like, it's not sexy when you talk. Just like, no talking. And oh. that did not last very long yeah. at all. And I, I, I tried to, you know, stick with it. And I yeah. was with him a few more times and tried yeah. to kind of make it an exchange back and forth. Right. But in the end, he would always yeah. just be like, why are you talking? Like, yeah. you know, I'm not turned on anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. <sighs> Yeah. Some people really don't want to talk about what they like, what they don't like. Uh, And I think it, you know, probably is just from our culture of, like, sexual shame and repression. Absolutely. But, you know, this is the year 2016. Sex positivity for the win. Get out there. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that sometimes, like, let's say, I don't know, like, you are like, hey, can you maybe not, like nibble on my earlobe or whatever it is the person's doing uh and you both kind of laugh about it that can actually be fun yeah that can be like a fun experience so like keeping it lighthearted too is a good approach and if you're with someone who can like laugh at themselves like that's right sexy and fun yes absolutely sexy and fun sex is fun yep keep it fun yep keep keep it fun Yes. That's I think that's the yeah. that's the ultimate advice. All right. Cool. Um so you have made it through three burning questions. Uh I know. Oh my god. Uh I, I wish I had a crown to put on your head. I'll make one out of fondant. Yeah, please Imagine. do. Yeah, that would great. Right? I would love that. If, <laughs> I would love to be able to give my guests some swag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um so our final segment is called In the Hot Seat with Regina. Ooh. So this is the portion of the podcast where uh, if you have a burning question that you would like my advice on, now is your opportunity Ooh. to ask it. Hmm. I always one thing I always like to ask people mm-hmm. is 
like what would your dream cake look like Ooh. <laughs> but that's I mean that's because of what I do okay so I, I love hearing like some people are like oh I don't know I don't care mm-hmm. but other people like no Okay. But I don't know. But if you okay. have an answer for that, then... Okay, so I would uh, I would probably be one of those annoying customers <laughs> that would give you some fair, like, freedom. Okay. Um, but here's what I would say. So, just a quick preface. For our listeners who don't know, uh, I am an autumn. Uh, so, I like a lot of warmer colors. Okay. Some oranges, maroons, gold. Mm-hmm. That whole color palette. I like warm colors. Okay. Um, and so, I would probably give you some colors. Oh, see, then yeah. you wouldn't be one of those okay. customers. Okay, good. Colors, I love colors. I can do okay. a lot with colors. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. So, I would probably give you some colors and then I would definitely be, uh, I would definitely have some feedback on what would, what would be in the cake. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do I like? So I would say I like, I like like flavors like vanilla, caramel. I'm not really a huge chocolate fan. Some okay. people can't get enough. It's like chocolate There's on chocolate. There's a place and a time for chocolate. Yeah. Time and place. Yeah. Um, I like vanilla, caramel, like lemon something or other interesting yeah kind of like a little bit more subtle flavors not like punch your face off kinds of things okay okay yeah um so and i like uh i like frosting that is not too sweet me too yeah that for me that's the worst case scenario and like a lot of these store-bought cakes it's just so sweet. Like, I can't handle it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, I have to say, like, the cakes that I make on the side, mm. like, in my personal life, yeah. I use a very different kind of icing mm. than buttercream frosting. Because yeah, the cakes, buttercream. Like, oh, so yeah, I, like, buttercream made with eggs and, mm. you know, um, yeah. that's, that's my jam, dude. Yeah. I love that. I yeah. love it. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. while I do, I love my job, but we use, we, we cater mostly to kids. Mm. So mm-hmm. the buttercream that we use is literally... Sugar, butter, milk, and vanilla. Easy. Just in nice. e- like butter and sugar in equal parts with mm-hmm. a little vanilla and milk just to kind of get it all together. Right. So it is so sweet that it makes mm-hmm. my teeth hurt. Wow. Like I can't, it, I, they call it um, American buttercream, which yeah. I think is appropriate because, yeah. you know, American buttercream, American cheese, they're all like not really quite buttercream because yeah. yeah. buttercream is eggs, like a meringue. Okay. Whipped, like whipped with sugar added. Oh. This is just butter and sugar whipped together. Right. Um, so yeah. we use super, super sweet icings because we mostly mm-hmm. cater to children and all they really care about is that it tastes sweet. Right. But I do find that um, the older, a little more sophisticated customers that mm-hmm. come in do say, I want something that's a little less sweet. And yeah. in those cases, I suggest a real, true Italian meringue, mm. um, yeah. Swiss meringue buttercream, which are less sweet. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Anyway, yeah. I turned this around and started talking about cakes again. Oh, no. Apologies. I do that all the time. I was also going to say I love, um, uh, uh, what do you call, tiramisu. Uh, and, yes. like, any incorporation of booze into baked goods. Oh, that is. Always. Booze in baked goods is key. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I always soak all of my cakes in booze. Yeah. Unless it's, like, for, like, a kid's party or something. Even then, I don't know. You they know? could afford to loosen up a little. Exactly. Yeah. It's not that much. It seems yeah, you're fine. five now. It's all downhill from here. True. True. <laughs> you already hit your peak. Yeah. Um, but, yes, cakes and booze. 
a winning combination? Um, I'm going to turn this question around and say, given, okay, so given everything I've told you, which is that I like booze, Mm -hmm. specifically bourbon. Okay. Uh, and I like autumn colors. Okay. And I want a cake that inside is vanilla-based and not overly sweet. What would you do? Interesting. Oh, yeah. this is good. Okay, so vanilla cake. Mm-hmm. Vanilla bean cake, I think. Yum. Into it. With a bourbon soak. Yeah. With caramel sauce. Because <gasps> caramel and bourbon are just magical uh, together. Maybe, oh ooh, maybe what I would do is I would make a caramel bourbon soak, which would just be sugar, water, mm-hmm. caramel, and bourbon. Mm. I would boil that okay, so that the flavors all get together in a pot, and then yeah. I would just soak all the cake in it. And then I would add oh. a little bit of caramel drizzle just for good measure. Right. That would be amazing. That would be really good. I might actually have to make this cake yeah. for fall. Oh, it yeah. Like a perfect it fall does. cake. It does. Yeah, it really and does then, sound like fall cake. Yeah. Let's see. Just something like pretty and simple but Mm -hmm. then like not too over the top maybe if it was like a two-tier maybe like white Mm -hmm. on the top Mm. with like a maroon on the bottom with little accents of gold yeah and maybe like some little fall flowers and fall colors just a really simple little pretty Oh, I think I'm going to have to do this cake. You might have oh, to. Sounds delicious and beautiful. There's a little chill in the air here in New York, it's so it's time for the autumn cake. New York needs a fall cake. Yeah. It's true. It's time for fall cake. Ah, this is happening. That sounds amazing. I'm doing this. Uh, also, I wish that we could have a segment on every episode of the podcast where like, someone writes in a question of, like, should I break up with my boyfriend? And you have to describe a cake based on oh. <laughs> based on the scenario. Oh, my gosh. That would be amazing. <laughs> right. A Just a broken everyone. heart cake. Yes. Oh, I would make the best broken heart cake. Yeah. And then you would eat it to, like, you know, make yourself feel better. Right. Cake always makes people feel better. It does. That's what I love about cake is that mm. it's always used to celebrate something. Yeah. Or to make something that's not so great feel a little bit better a little sweeter that's, yeah yeah that's what i that's why i love cakes why yeah. i love what i do because i'm making good. people feel good anyway good yeah great so okay. your dream cake is probably gonna happen because okay. now i'm I can't wait. hooked on this idea yeah yes i'm pumped neat um okay. thank you so much for doing the podcast thank you for having me this was so much fun it really was uh where can people find more of you on the World Wide web I'm working on a cake blog. It is Ooh. not ready yet. Okay. But I feel like that is the next step for me, Okay, is a cake blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can stay tuned on my Instagram, mm. where I will let you know once the cake blog is ready. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Chef Sweetly, mm-hmm. it, which is Chef Sweet, L-E-E. Mm-hmm. Um, that's me. So yeah. feel free to follow my cake adventures and my just around-the-city adventures. Every once yes. in a while, I just post a little... Oh, I'm having fun in New York doing something interesting. Yeah. Um, so that's where you can find me now. Okay. I will do a cake blog. Um, eventually, I do want my own cake business. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little ways off. It's in the it's in the works. Mm-hmm. It's a little ways off, but the announcement will be made via my Instagram mm-hmm. and via my cake blog once that's up and running. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I just want everyone to stay tuned. And yes. Yeah, exciting things happening for me and. Awesome. Yeah, it's exhausting. I go to work and think about cake, and I come home and I think about cake. <laughs> most of the time, I dream about yeah. cake, but yeah, yeah, it's it's happening. It's all in the work. So I think about cake twenty four seven too, but I work in marketing, so oh, that's much more yeah. interesting. <laughs> it really, really is. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you.